I thank you for the privilege that we have this morning to come boldly before your throne room of grace. And we thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in our midst. We thank you, Father God, that this word, this seed, will fall on good ground, good soil, and will bring forth a mighty harvest. I thank you, Father God, that we have ears to hear. We also know that the enemy comes immediately to try to steal the word. And so, God, we just build ourselves up. We take authority over any harassment that would try to keep our minds on something else. And we will keep our minds stayed on you and the word. For faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. That means we open our Bible and we look at the word and write down whatever stands out to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody know what we're going to minister on this morning? I gave it to you last week. The spiritual mind or the path of an undisturbed mind. No, the spiritual mind. Okay, let's go for the nugget. Are you ready? Success happens. Success happens when preparation Success happens when preparation meets opportunity. Think about that one. If you're prepared for it, and the opportunity's there, you've got it. Glory to God. You know, so many people, because they haven't prepared, they don't even realize when, when the opportunity has come. They've prayed, but they haven't prepared to receive it. And... So success happens when preparation meets opportunity. It's so important because sometimes opportunity comes and it doesn't really look like much, but we have to be ready to jump on it when it comes our way, amen? So what do you need to have when opportunity comes? Spiritual mind. Is it too deep this morning? <laughs> We're tired. Are, are we? Are you haven't woke up yet. You need to be prepared. Prepare, be prepared for success. Okay. Okay, the spiritual mind. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. Our minds have the ability to reason to understand and to make decisions. Thus our minds determine our actions as how we live, how we behave, and how we conduct ourselves. So let's turn to Proverbs chapter 23, a familiar scripture. That's Proverbs chapter 23. And we'll be looking at verse 7 to begin with. From the King James it says, For as, a, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we see here, well, let's read it from the Amplified. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Okay, same thing. So behavior, patterns, actions, and lifestyles all begin with the mind. Glory to God. 
Our minds are the same before and after receiving salvation. Your mind is not renewed. It's the same. All right? We will have victorious we will have a victorious life as a result of thinking God's way. You have to to be successful, you have to think like God, okay? We can take charge of our life by taking charge of our mind. Uh, many Christians make little spiritual progress beyond being born again. In other words, a lot of Christians are babies. Uh, this is because they have attitudes and lifestyles that do not change. Um, they're too much into the world. Okay, with so many others in the church today, they remain babies. Okay, the newborn again. We're talking about many baby Christians do not grow. Are miserable and depressed. How I many newborns do you know? I'm talking about Christians that are miserable and depressed because they don't learn or have not learned who they are in Christ Jesus. You have to know. Once you begin to know who you are in Christ Jesus, you get out of that uh, depression because now you find out you're more than a conqueror. Amen? The question now is, if your life is the same as it was last year, Last month, last week, you're not growing. You need to be transformed every day. It says from glory, to, we sang in the song, from glory to glory, he's changing us. So each day there should be a change. Goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life, every morning. So there needs to be a change. I know we're going to open the doors to this place and let the cold air come in here, maybe wake you up. <laughs> the renewing of the mind is not just learning. It's applying what you learn. You have to apply what you learn. For example, you take a test to drive a car. And then they take, and you go down there, and they, if it's your first time around, they ask you to ride with somebody, or not ride with somebody, but drive with a instructor. He's going to find out how you do. And if you don't do what you, were, what you learned in the book, you fail. So the book is for us to learn to do. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So believing, receiving, and obeying God's truth is what transforms our life. Believing, receiving, and obeying transforms our life. Many people learn the truth, but they do not apply them to their lives to institute a change. We need to make a change. 
Now we're going to look at the spiritual side of the mind and its values. First, can I share something? Okay, go ahead. Okay, I'd like to go down to verse 12. Verse 12 of uh, Proverbs 23. Mm -hmm. Apply your mind to instruction and correction and your ears to words of knowledge. So we've got to apply our mind to instruction and correction and your ears to the words of knowledge. Withhold not discipline from the child, for if you strike and punish him with the reed-like rod, he will not die. You shall whip him with the rod and deliver his life from Sheol, Hades, the place of the dead. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will be glad, even mine. Yes, my heart will rejoice when your lips speak right things. Let not your heart envy sinners, but continue in the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord all day long. For surely there is a ladder and a future and a reward, and your hope and expectation shall not be cut off. Hear my son and be wise and direct your mind in the way of the Lord. And direct your mind in the way of the Lord. So he's telling us that we have to direct our mind in the way of the Lord. So how do we do that? Well, I, there's a gentleman on, on, um, that I friended. He's from Tulsa. It was very interesting. He put an article in there from what someone had written about, about join, don't join groups, parties, whatever, that have nothing to do with God. And I wanted to write a little note on that, but I, I started to and I didn't. How about TV programs and movies? Jesus has to, would Jesus desire to sit down and partake in this with you or not? And it was really heavy. I, I might send him a personal note on that, but, but when we look at this, it's up to us to direct our minds in the way that it's going to go because our minds control what we hear, what we speak, whatever. It's, it's our mind that we've got to direct towards the Word of God, in the Word of God, and in the Word of God only, especially in the time that we live. It's amazing. I heard a minister the other day, and it was really amazing, a well-known minister say, I have never seen so many rebellious, angry and what was the other word people in my life with, with no people that are bitter in my life as in this time that we live in and it's the truth that's that's pretty heavy this guy's been around in the ministry for a long 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 time but i've never seen so many rebellious people and and bitter people in my life as we live in now why? Because of what they hear and what they watch and what they say. So we need to just take heed of this. Okay. Okay, let's now turn to 1 Corinthians, the book of 1 Corinthians, find chapter 2. You notice on that tape this morning that um, Brother Copeland and his wife turned the TV off and actually sat down. 
Actually, we didn't have a TV for how many years? I think the whole, from the time Matt was 13 until he was 18, it didn't go on in our house at all. It just didn't. After the Lord spoke to me one day that you've got to get that thing out of there if you're expecting him to be able to listen to, to and have the mind of Christ. First, First Corinthians 2.16. 1 Corinthians 2.16, uh, looking at from the King James. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. From the Amplified, who has known or understood the mind that counsels and purposes of the Lord, so as to guide and instruct him and give him knowledge. But we have the mind of Christ, the Messiah, and do hold the thoughts, feelings, purposes of his heart. Glory to God. We have the mind of Christ. That means we have victory. Jesus had constant victory. If we have the mind of Christ, we have victory. Oh boy. Some of you are thinking, what? Go to chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. And she wants to go to chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Verse 2, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither are you able now able. In other words, we need to get into God's word. We need to understand that we have the mind of Christ. We have the victory. But if we're not going to operate in the things of God, we're not going to have any victory. It's, it's really heavy when you read this because it has all to do with the mind. He's talking about the mind up here. And, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified, if I may. Go ahead. However, brethren, I could not talk to you as to spiritual men, but as to non-spiritual men of the flesh, in whom a carnal mind predominates, uh, as to mere infants in the new life in Christ, unable to talk yet. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet strong enough to be ready for it. But even yet, you are not strong enough to be ready for it. But you, you are still unspiritual, having the nature of the flesh under the control of ordinary impulses, for as long as they are envying and jealousy and wrangling and factions among you, you among you are you not unspiritual and of the flesh, behaving yourselves after a human standard and like mere unchanged men? That's pretty heavy. I mean, he's, he's talking to a whole church here. That, this is really heavy. I don't want God to say that about us, about me, about us, any of us in this room. So we've got to get this mind. We've got to wash it with the washing of the water of the word. Amen? Amen. I mean, there is a very, we've talked a little bit about this last week. There's a very well-known minister that thousands read his book, thousands followed his book, thousands of churches went into the um, seeker-friendly, and now he is embracing the Muslims. What's it called? Chrislam. And 
all these people that hung on to that teaching are now, are now, I pray that they have enough sense and have enough word in them to understand that what's being taught to them is not right and to come out from amongst this because Christians and Muslims cannot agree at all. There's nothing, nothing we can agree about. Go ahead, I said it. <laughs> Having the mind of Christ means to have victory. Okay. Philippians 2, 5. Philippians chapter 2, looking at verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus. Wow. Read it from the Amplified. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Let this mind be in you. That's telling me that we have a choice. You can receive it or reject it. You can receive a little bit, partial, half, or full. What are you willing to do with this mind of Christ? How far, your cho the choice is, how far can you go? To walk in victory or live in defeat and a stressful life? Which one do you want? A renewed mind is to sanctify you and transform you into the image of Christ. Hallelujah. The word will sanctify us to bring us into the image of Christ, okay? You have something here? Okay, let's go on to uh, the book of Romans. Go back, I should say, back up to the book of Romans. And looking at chapter 12, some, something that uh, we already know, but we will look at it again. That's chapter 12 of Romans. Verse 1 and 2 from the King James, that's Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren... By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'll read that from the Amplified now. That's Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a dis decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. Verse 2, do not be, do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. Look at that. By the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideas and new attitude, so that you may prove for yourself what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the things which are good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Wow. So 
a transformed transform mind in the things of God promotes, establish you, establish you into good works. A changed condition to form a much elevated, prestigious, better way of life. That's what that remove, renewing or transform mind. When you speak God's word, they are spirit and life to you. Well, I tell you what, when you speak God's word, the spirit and life to you, that should just Praise pump you up. Amen. I mean, you go out in the world and, and you hear the world speak and you listen to the news and say, oh no, this is terrible. It's getting worse. It's you don't have any hope. People out there don't have any hope. The only hope you have is a renewed mind in the Word of God. That You know that once you're transformed, things are, going to, are on the way up. Because God's way is up, up, and up. From glory to glory. It's not down, it's up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You have something. Mm -hmm. She has it. Down here in verse, um, oh gosh, I lost it. Hang on. Okay, we're going to go to <coughs> verse 9 in the Amplified. Let your love be sincere, a real thing. Hate what is evil. Loathe all ungodliness. Turn in horror from wickedness, but hold fast to that which is good. So he has several things he's saying here. Hate what is evil. Loathe all ungodliness. Turn in horror from wickedness, but hold fast to that which is good. Love, love one another with brotherly affection as members of one family, giving precedence and showing honor to one another. Never lag in zeal, and in earnest endeavor be aglow and burning with the Spirit serving the Lord. Rejoice and exult in hope. Be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute the needs of God's people, sharing in the necessities of the saints. Pursue and practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, who are cruel in their attitudes towards you. Bless and do not curse them. That's a heavy one there, but he's telling us that we are to do this. He said we are never to curse another person. He's, he's telling us to bless those who persecute us. It says rejoice with those who rejoice, sharing others' joy, and weep with those that weep, sharing others' grief. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, snobbish, high-minded, exclusive, but readily adjust yourselves to people, things, to give yourselves to humble tasks. Never overestimate yourself or be wise in your own conceit. Repay no one evil for evil. You know, this all starts in the mind. I will tell you, it, it starts in the mind. Well, they did such and such to me, so this is what, and you know, you start working this stuff out in your mind. And he's telling us some things that we need to abhor and stay away from. And, and the more you think on it, the bigger it gets. And this is not God's way of doing it. This is not going to get us in the rapture, I'm going to tell you right now. Amen. So he's saying those. Um, 
When you hold on to those things, it's not good. Repay no one evil for evil, but take thought of what is honest and proper and noble, aiming to be above reproach in the sight of anyone or everyone. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Wow. Live at peace with everyone. Hallelujah. Okay. Second. Oh, that, that is a whole spectrum of things that uh, I renewed mine. I, a Christian, mature Christian, walks in. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know about you, but my toes are sore. Well, 21 says, do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome master evil with good. We can do it, but it starts up here. Master everyone. It says here, do not let yourself be overcome by evil, but overcome master evil with good. He's telling us all to do this. He, if, if, if it weren't possible, he wouldn't put it in here. I mean, it's a whole mind-renewing system that needs to be taken, that we need to take very seriously. I mean, we've got to renew our minds immediately. We can't fall back into our old ways. We've got to go forward. Amen? Amen. Okay, my favorite scripture. Your favorite scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Looking at verse 5, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Do that in the Amplified. From the Amplified. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against true knowledge of God and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the Messiah the anointed one wow when we do this take these thoughts captive it displaces the enemy and secures your freedom in God when you don't fall for the enemy's tricks you are secure in God's freedom. You can't get caught up. You don't get caught up in, in the muck and the mire of the world. Hello. Amen. Have something to share on that one? Well, I, put, I have written in my bottom of my Bible, when a thought takes root, it becomes a stronghold. When a thought takes root, you know, our mind is, it's, it's a... It's a field that we have to, I, I see it as a, a field that we have to keep weeded and garbage taken out of continually. And it says when a thought takes root, it becomes a stronghold. And that's a heavy thing because once a stronghold takes root, I mean, I'd like to really take this scripture and tear it apart someday. But it says that casting means to throw down Throw it down, every imaginations and reasonings. But when a thought takes root, it becomes a stronghold. 
And the more you think about it and the more you don't deal with it and the more you, then you'll find yourself talking about it. And it's a stronghold. And I have seen people literally lose out on the blessings of God because of this. And their mind, they start to get weird. You know, they start talking weird and thinking weird. And the first thing that happens is they, they think that everybody's against them. They, they, they feel that people are talking about them, that they don't, they don't have the freedom any longer, the peace in their mind. And you've got to get that thing out of there. If it's taken root, you, if you need help, call. But when a thought takes root, it becomes a stronghold. And we don't, we shouldn't have any strongholds. None, not a one. Go ahead. The only stronghold you should have is in God. Amen. It should be a fortress. You should not, the enemy should not be able to get into it. Okay, let's uh, go to Mark chapter 5. That's Mark chapter 5. And we will look at verse 15. Can anybody, can you imagine Jesus going on and on and on about, remember when everybody left but the disciples? Well, they all left me. That, you know, I, that's just horrible. Can you imagine him going on and on about this or about anything? No. He looked at them and said, if you know, if you want to go, leave also. I'm paraphrasing this, but he couldn't, he couldn't allow himself to dwell on the, the situations that, that he had to deal with and that occurred every day. He had to let it go. He had to pray for them and let it go. Amen. Okay. Okay, that's Mark chapter 5. Let's look at verse 15. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and that had the legion, uh, legion sitting and clothed in his right mind. Right mind is what we're looking at. And they were afraid. When you have a right mind, when you're speaking words of Jesus, people are afraid of you. <laughs> Think about it. They were afraid of, why were they afraid of this guy? He had a right mind. Now, if he was, you know, tipsy again, oh, that's just him. But now that he had a clear mind, something's wrong with him, okay? Having a right mind means self-control, being sober and trusting in the Word of God. The Word becomes a quickening power in all facets of life. The Word becomes a quickening power in all facets of your life when you have a right mind. One thing the Lord showed me, is, and it was interesting this week, was if you think something's going to be bad, or if you think it's going to be boring, or if you think it's going to, he was telling me this, if you think it's going to be such and such, and you speak it, then I guarantee you it will be. Because you've already predetermined in your thought life that, this, that it's going to be such and such in this way, and you're not going to be able to find one good thing out of it, and you're going to be miserable. And I thought, wow, that's, that is really something, because... We, we set ourselves up for the negative. I want, you to, I want you to know that. We set ourselves up. How? 
because of former things that have happened, that have happened in the past. We set ourselves up. We allow ourselves not to be, um, not to see that there could possibly be any change in the situation or circumstance this time. Isn't that amazing? And so we frame our worlds with the word of God and that means if we don't frame them with the world, word of God, then negativity is allowed to get into that area because we've spoken it out of our mouths and we've framed our world with negativity. We can either have a positive life and a powerful life and in a um, life of victory continually, or it can be negative and drag you down continually. And it's what you speak and would to God that we would have enough love for one another when we see one another falling into that trap that we could say to them, you know what, this is a trap, get out of it now. I care about you, but most people get really hot-headed when you say anything. I care about you and I wanna help you through this. So we have a thing in our house, if that's what you believe, then I'll agree with you. I'll, you know, it says when any two agree. And so that stops that. We've been doing that for, gosh, how many years before Rhema? Okay. Okay, let's now turn to the book of Philippians chapter 2. That's Philippians chapter 2. We don't allow strife. If one of us gets in strife, the other one stops it and says, we're going to pray right now. Verse 3, that's Philippians 2, verse 3. She just mentioned it. Let nothing be done through strife oh, I didn't know that was that. or vain glory. Sorry. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Wow, that hurts. Let's read it from the Amplified. Do nothing from uh, fractional motives through uh, contentiousness, strife, selfishness, or for unworthy ends or prompted by conceit and empty arrogance. Wow. Instead, in the true spirit of humility, loneliness of mind, let each regard the others as better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do of yourself. Whoa. So we need to have a, uh, this humble mind is being modest, having a, a Humility and meakness. Okay. Yes. Yeah, four. Let not every man of, of his, on his own things be, but ev let, let not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ. It says in the Amplified, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility. Wow. It says, who, although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make, which make God God, did not think this equality that which God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity 
as so to assume the guise of a servant slave in that he became like man and was born a human being. I mean, if he stripped himself, we need to strip ourselves. And it hurts when you have to take control of your thoughts and your mind and, and, and things that, that, that you've done. I mean, you know, people say, well, Jesus did it. I don't need to. Yeah, we're supposed to follow him in everything he did. Amen? And so sometimes it's hard. Um, if you love someone, you'll deal with that person and, and you'll, you'll, you'll show them that you love them. If you love someone, you're going to be honest with someone instead of letting something go by forever. I'm going to be honest with you. They might not like it, but if you have the mind of Christ, then you're going to act like him and do like him. And I remember where he said, remember the board in the eye and the sliver? Remember that one? So we need to look at ourselves first and, and ask ourselves, am I acting like this? Have I acted like this? Am I a big part of this situation? Instead of flying off the handle and blowing it completely. Because you make a fool of yourself so many times. And when you do that, there's no taking it back. You can say, I'm sorry, I apologize until you're green. But there's no, I mean, it's still there. It's, out, it's already gone out. And it's out in the atmosphere and it's there. It's caused harm and hurt. So we need to... Have the mind of Christ. Be humble. Go ahead, handsome man. There's no excuses mm -mm. for bad behavior. And, and this but you don't know what they did to me. How many uh, besides myself? Boy, all you are righteous. I'm going to have to follow you around. I have in my lifetime of counseling heard the most heinous things that you could even imagine. And yet these people have overcome them and don't hold bitterness and wrath. I mean, things that I, I can't even speak them out because they're so horrible. But they, they, they don't want that anymore. They want to be free of that once and for all. They have no desire to have that on them anymore. They come and they get freed and they don't want to go back to that place. And, they, and then you see others that just stay in that place. I don't understand it. Brother Hagen talked a lot about it. But I'm going to tell you, I remember the day and that he said, talked about the times we're in right now. And he said, a remnant of Word of Faith people praying will make it through make the change. And I sat there, I'll never forget that. I sat there and I thought, a remnant. A remnant is not very many. And you look around today and how many people are walking in faith. It's heavy. Okay, and it's, it's up here, you know, that we have to deal with. Okay. Yeah, a lot of places now not consider themselves a word of faith anymore. It's true. They don't have that label on them. Hey, God says you need to be a faith person. You need to be a faith person. The just shall live by 
Excuses. <laughs> no, by faith. So you can't get away from it. And so let's turn to Romans chapter 8. While you're turning there. And it says, if you draw back, his soul will have no pleasure in you. So once you've heard faith, you're it. You better keep going forward in it. Romans chapter 8, let's look at verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Glory to God. From the Amplified. Now in the mind of the flesh, which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit, is death. Death that comprises all of the miseries arising from sin, both here and hereafter. But the mind of the Holy Spirit is life and soul, peace, both now and forever. We want, you don't want this. Be spiritually minded. You need to be God-minded, inclined, desirous for the things of God. Uh, peace, joy, and happiness is evident in one's life when you have a spiritual mind. Let's turn to Psalms, the book of Psalms, just to tie something to that. Look what uh, the psalmist says. Psalms 119. Psalms 119. And we'll start at almost at the beginning. This is joy, peace, and happiness. Psalms 119, verse 11. It says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That brings you joy, happiness, and peace when you know you're not sinning. Hmm. You have something there? Nope. I mean, I think everybody should read the 119th Psalm at least four times a year. Four times a year. Okay, now you got a new... Well, New assignment. Out of all the Psalms, I mean, there is everything in this Psalm that you can think of. Everything. Everything. How to live, you know, what to do. It says, I cleave to your testimonies, the Lord put me not to shame. There's so many promises in this, in Psalms 119. That was verse um, 31. There's, there are so many it says, when I have earnestly recalled your ordinances from old, O oh, oh Lord, I have taken comfort. Everything you need almost is in this psalm. Seriously, I mean, I'm just reading you a few of them that I have underlined. I will keep your law continually forever and ever, hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it. That was um, 44. You know, 119.44, I mean, there's just so much. It says in 90, verse 92, unless your law has been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Glory. I mean, oh, it's, there's just so many. I mean, verse 114, <laughs> you are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. I mean, if I really, if I really, um, feel down, which doesn't happen often. I mean, it's just not, not a part of me. I'll go, you know, Psalms 119 is when I can go to and find anything there, anything. 
to build me up. You know? Forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. You know, that's one, one to put at the top of your framing your worlds with the word of God. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So if you're taking his word, taking two or three scriptures and standing on them, it is settled. It has to come to pass. Okay, what verse? Pardon? What verse was that? That was, oh, verse 89. Thy faithfulness is unto all generation. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. I mean, that's 90. I mean, I could go through here and read. Let's stop. I'm going to. Is it okay with you? We'll, we'll continue up. I'm going to read some of these. No, things. we got an hour. You're just getting started. We have, we have a full hour to go is yet. It okay? My watch is not set. I'm going to find some in here. Is it okay or not? Uh, Whatever you want. But some people need some of these. Okay, well, I'll just pick it up. Uh, pick this up next Scratch week. it where you're picking up. Listen to this one on 154. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me and give me life according to your word, 154. Psalms 119. 119, 154. Plead my cause and redeem me. Revive me and give my life according to your word. 159. Consider how I love your precepts. Revive me and give life to me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness. Verse 161, princes pursue and persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in awe of your words. Dreading violation of them far more than the force of prince of potential. So he does not want to violate the word of God. It says in 162, I rejoice at your word as one who finds great spoil. I rejoice at your word. It says in 163, I hate and abhor falsehood, but your law do I love. 164, seven times a day and all day long I do, do I praise you because of your righteous decrees. Seven times a day. It says in 165, great peace they have who love your law. Nothing shall offend them and make or make them stumble. If you have problems or you know your family has problems with, with offense, then you need to meditate on this one every day. Learn it, speak it, say it. Great peace have they who love you. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. Nothing will make me stumble. This is how I do it. Grace, pe great peace have I who love your law. Nothing shall offend me or make me stumble. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Let's look at some more. One sixty-nine. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. Wow. According to the word, understanding. Boy, that's, that's, that's a good that's one. 
Verse 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. This is 9, 10, and 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. If, if his word is hidden in your heart, it is so strong in there, you don't want to sin. You have no desire to sin. 16, I will delight myself in your statutes and I will not forget your word. 12, blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes with my lips. 13, have I declared and recounted all the ordinances of your mouth. It says, with my lips have I declared and recounted all the ordinances of your mouth. Do you know what God does when you speak these things to him? Sounds like a confession to me. He, he absolutely looks down at what you're speaking to him and everything begins to turn around in your life. It says in, in, in verse 9, in the Amphite, how shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to your word, conforming his life to it. Conforming his life to your word. That all takes place right up here. You make a decision. The spiritual mind. Yep. Open my eyes, verse 18, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Open my eyes. A lot of people, I will tell you, in the, in the time we're living, people are blinded. They have no idea what's going on in the world. Well, we need to have our eyes opened. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your word. Hallelujah. Let's go. We're going to get out early. Don't get wow. too shocked. So let's all stand. And go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I challenge you. Look up Psalms 119 this week and read out of it and write it down. Write down what God shows you. That's your homework. Hand it in if you would. I'd like to see what you get. It might be a book. <laughs> There's a lot in there. Your life if, will change. I if, guarantee it. If you expound on those scriptures that are alive to you, you'd have a book. Mm -hmm. Writing on your own book. Okay. You remember the nugget? Success happens when preparation meets opportunity. We've given you some scriptures to stand on for a spiritual mind. Prepare yourself for the opportunity now, and you'll be successful. Okay, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord. That we do have the mind of Christ. I thank you, Lord, that we begin to operate, Father God, and function, Father God, for a greater purpose in your kingdom than that we have thought of. Thank you, Lord, that you open our 
hearts and our eyes of our understanding, Father God, to walk in strength, love, and purity. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you.